0: Hello, hello, howdy, this is Maybe We're Just Rambling and we are your host, that's Stuart,
1: and that's Rebecca,
0: and this is a podcast where we sit and ramble, as the name implies, about anything and everything under the sun. We have a couple of different topics for you today and something fun that we're going to be doing for the first time and hopefully Continue turning on yes, at the end. Yes, so stick around for the entire episode. Um, you're more than welcome to skip through any parts that you don't personally enjoy. but
1: Don't do that. <laughs> we no. think
0: We think that you guys will really enjoy what we're doing at the end and hopefully we can make it a permanent addition to our podcasting program. But before we dive into everything... I always like to take a second before we, like, really get into the discussion and just check in. So, how are you (laughs) feeling? Because this is starting to feel like Groundhog Day.
1: I mean, it is. Well, she says Groundhog Day. It's because we had a flub (laughs) last week and a recording problem. Yeah. Um, But anyways, how am I feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Things are getting a little more routine. Mm -hmm. They've... I mean, we've clearly been established here a little bit, a little time, and we've actually been able to do a couple fun things. We've been able to settle to settle, yeah. And and I and I finally feel like um, we are relatively settled
0: mm-hmm. for
1: as much as you can be in something on wheels.
0: <laughs> yes. How are you? I agree with what you said a hundred percent. Last week was a little bit hectic um it was our second week being back in in school taking classes so we'll get into that in a minute but um it was just it was it felt kind of chaotic and a little bit disorganized at times and then obviously we we want to try to get an episode out every single week and last week that just didn't end up happening we had so many technical difficulties and lost like an hour and a half of our lives it was one of the most frustrating things in the world um, I'm really working towards avoiding that happening going forward we, we know now
1: a, we took a break at like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and then played back what we had and it was nothing but static yeah and then we were 10 or 20 minutes in of doing it again and I looked over and I just started like messing with the I started messing with the uh, My mic jets. cord, and it was like, that's not plugged in.
0: Our trains of thought were completely derailed at that point. It wasn't – we recorded – re-recorded the podcast episode, but it wasn't good quality. It was all thrown together. It was horrible. But we're going to do
1: this all in one take, and this is going to be a one good
0: – It's going to be a meaning, positive experience. Meaningful, <laughs>
1: cohesive thought.
0: Yes. <laughs> Obviously um, – We had kind of discussed like what we were going to do for this podcast Mm -hmm. episode specifically. Like if we were going to wait and just call last week a complete wash and then push this out on Friday. Or if we were going to turn around, post this today, and then Mm -hmm. record another episode for the end of the week. And I think that's what we decided
1: Mm -hmm. on. We want to kind of nail this down a little bit more and and have something that we do pretty routinely. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to push this out quickly. And then uh, Friday-ish. Thursday, 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 Friday. Friday. We'll put out another one Mm -hmm. so it won't be like we missed one. We just were late.
0: Yeah, I think um, I've been kind of taking stock of what our listeners want to hear. Um, I've posted a few different polls and question boxes on the maybe we're just rambling Instagram story page. So I mean like our stories on the uh, Instagram Instagram. page. Yes. (laughs) And a lot of people were more than kind enough to share their thoughts and their feedback, um, about like podcast episode length and that sort of thing. Um, A lot of you said that you like podcast episodes that are in the 30 to 40 minute mark, so we're going to try to keep that in mind. Can't Mm -hmm. guarantee that we're always going to stick to that. And then there's those hard
1: chargers that would sit down for 90 minutes. Yes. Or 90 minutes while they're doing something else.
0: Yes, and we appreciate you because that will probably happen from time to time. Um, And then I got some really awesome feedback from my brother Aaron. Um, He said that he really likes hearing the DIY stuff, the RV stuff. I mean, that's perfect because that's something that we know about. And then he also said, this is high praise. He said the two podcasts that he listens to is Ours and Granger Smith's.
1: And if you know anything, I think I've said this before. You mentioned it. Yeah. But I used to listen to Granger Smith's podcast way back in the day. And he's not up on like some pedestal for me. But he, he, he does some, solid he, content. He's, he's He's a solid speaker. He if you don't
0: know he's a he's a country music singer um from Texas yeah. and he's never blown up really really big or anything like that but people in Texas who follow like Texas country singers you're looking at
1: like Aaron Watson and mm-hmm. Granger Smith mm-hmm. and right now those are your guys that are mm-hmm. like the Alan Jackson and George and George Strait.
0: Mm-hmm. So being compared, or not really being compared, but being told that like we're competing with Granger <laughs> Smith. I don't even know if you'd somebody. say we're competing, but well, yeah. but somebody's listening to. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I really appreciated hearing yeah. that. So yeah, anyway, thanks, bud. yeah, we really appreciate it. All of that is to say that feedback is always welcome. Um, we're still very much figuring this out. Obviously, there's a lot for us to learn, and. We want to, as much as we want to sit here and shoot the shit and have a good time, we also want to create content that people actually want to listen to, and so if there's a specific topic that you would like to hear us discuss, feel more than free to let us know, because that helps us out. Um, but yeah, just, just circling back, I, I'm good. I think last week was a little bit crazy, I it, today's Monday, so it's felt like a Monday, but you know, I always go into every single week hoping for the best and mm-hmm. having a positive outlook. Um, I, I took last week to really, like, slow down and focus in on my school routine. I actually, I took the week off of filming. I didn't push out a video on Saturday like I usually do.
1: On your, on on, your YouTube channel. On
0: my YouTube channel. Um, because I felt like there's been a, a lull in the action over here. So it felt like a really good time to take a break. And um, just kind of relax and breathe a little bit. I was able to add enough creative energy left over that I was able to post on my blog, which is something that I recently just started doing. Um, I can put a link to that in the show notes if you guys care at all. But at any rate, that's aside, aside the point. Um, yeah. I just, the season feels, it feels very much like fall. And I posted about this on my Instagram today too. It feels like a really good time to slow down and kind of conserve your energy and breathe. And, you know, a lot of people, when they come out of the summer, they feel kind of burnt out. And then if you have a family or if you are um, in school yourself, then you head right into Fall, going, taking classes, that can be a huge source of burnout for a lot of people. And I think it's, this is a really good time of year to be mindful of conserving your energy and doing things that nurture you and help you um, rest because that is what nature is doing right now. If you live in, you know, the Northern Hemisphere, fall and winter is upon us and it's a good time to relax and um, conserve and just be a little bit. Mm-hmm. So
1: so you have hinted at it. I guess I have too. Mm-hmm. But uh, our number one topic was going to be school.
0: Yeah, I think it's so... something that's really valuable for us to share because
1: mm-hmm.
0: we, we've, so from the very beginning, been all about sharing mm-hmm. alternative ways of doing yeah. things. And I think this is a huge um, sticking point for us.
1: So with school in mind, We've already said that we just started school and we're in our third week.
0: Mm-hmm. Not and for the first time it's... ever, just for the no. for the
1: fall. <laughs> yeah. I
0: got this. I believe you.
1: <laughs> so I'm we're sorry. in our third week of school. We're not the first time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's November, and s- say a brick and mortar school, they don't start school in November. So clearly, we're not there anymore.
0: Doing something different.
1: We are doing something different. Yeah, we're going to school online at american military university Mm -hmm. it's the university that we both went to school whenever we were active duty Mm -hmm. and it's given us the freedom to go on that really long trip over the summer and to go to your brother and sister-in-law's wedding Mm -hmm. and have so many new experiences and all things aside i think we're i think we've done it for the right reason um, and it's, we've added to our quality of life.
0: Yeah, I think kind of just to start back at the beginning to paint a picture for everybody listening, because this isn't something that we've necessarily delved into, dove into a whole bunch yet. Um, but I earned my associate's degree in general studies completely online while I was active duty overseas, overseas, quote unquote, um, Cuba, in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And I took the time to do that because I had the time. And then also, um, I didn't pressure myself to try to figure out you also what I was... like school. I do. And that's, that's a, a key point in all of this as well that you have to keep in mind because it comes back up later on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I went ahead and earned my associates in general studies because I didn't know what I wanted to major in for probably about six months, which isn't a long time. But when you're young, it feels like an eternity, um, especially when you're taking college classes and everybody's asking you like what you're majoring in. It feels very wishy-washy to have to say you don't know, um, and it's totally fine to not know. For the record. So I just, I majored in general studies while I figured that out. It's you
1: your core classes and stuff. Exactly. Like
0: that. It was useful. And I'm really glad yeah. that I did it because it cut away a lot of the, the, the fat, so to speak. While I was in Gitmo, um, my primary activity when I wasn't working was outdoor based. So I was running, I was working out, I was uh, free diving, I was hiking. I mean, those are the things to do. There isn't a whole lot else to do. If you don't like being outside um, or playing video games, you're going to have a tough time.
1: Your main options are drinking, (laughs)
0: um,
1: drinking, (laughs) working out, world class gym, and being outdoors. And clearly, Guantanamo Bay is full of water. Yeah. So...
0: So I made myself very comfortable outside, and it was a, a huge source of comfort for me, um, very a very healing space for me during a pretty tumultuous point in my life. And so being in the water surrounded by beautiful coral reefs and fish and sea turtles, I, I fell in love with it. And at the same time, I could not escape what I was seeing, which was this incredible environment and man's impact on it. because. Cuba is placed... There's a lot of
1: shipping. It's, a, it's right below Cuba. There's a major shipping channel. Yes. And there's a, a giant, yeah, a giant, giant shipping channel, tidal currents, everything, pulls stuff in there.
0: Yes. If you're going to interrupt me, you better be able to say what I was going to say better than I could have said it myself.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. i giving you a look. Well, last time you said it was a fishing channel.
0: Did I say it was a fishing you channel? said
1: it was a fishing channel. Nobody
0: will ever know that recording is gone forever. As I was saying...
1: It's not a fishing channel.
0: There are shipping channels. Um, that portion of Cuba, Guantanamo Bay, is positioned pretty close to... Like, <laughs> if you're looking at a map, pretty close <laughs> to some pretty poor countries. And so the shipping channels, those countries, there's a lot of garbage. And I was seeing a lot of that garbage in the water. and so. That really resonated with me, and I wanted to learn more about that, understand it, and possibly become a part of the scientific community working towards preserving the natural environment because I think it, it has real value. Um, and so I, long story short, I could wax eloquent for quite some time about it, but long story short, I chose to major in environmental science with a concentration in fish and wildlife management. And then because I'm a wordy person and I love words, I decided to minor in English as well. And that was what I did at AMU um, from the time that I left Guantanamo Bay up until my contract was about to end in Groton, Connecticut.
1: 2020, yeah.
0: And this is kind of where you come back into things as well.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you all the, the, the picture for me academically. I graduated high school in 2012 and I went to a year at a junior college near me and I didn't know what I was doing. I knew what I thought I should be doing, but I didn't want to do that. And I was hating college and well, there's, there's two, I, I found two options, two realistic options for something to do with my life. And I had helped making the decision. Um, because the options were the oil field or the military, and i my parents' house was not going to be treated like a hotel and looking back, I am really thankful for that, and they were like, "If you go to the oil field, we're not your hotel and okay, never mind, I'll scratch that idea <laughs> and then I just got a wild hair in about a week in in about a week's time, it was like, hmm, I'm gonna join the military, yep." <laughs> And all the old dudes from church were all Navy vets, and I had talked to all the branches except for the Coast Guard because they're non-existent in Central Texas, <laughs> and the Air Force because I think they are probably not working. <laughs> it's Air Force, they're they're yeah, it's a military talking crap thing. But I joined the military 2013. Fast forward all the way till 2017. Been in the military four years. And that was when you and I got together and you really helped me. She didn't make me. She helped me and start school. Mm -hmm. So I started school after having done that year prior military. And I finally got my associate's degree in general studies as well. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I needed to do something. So I got my associate's. Um, I was up there in Connecticut with you. And I was taking classes because I, I'm from Texas. I'm not saying like everybody rides their horse to, to work or school in Texas, <laughs> but a lot of people are outdoors people. Yeah. And I've always been a lover of the outdoors. And so, I mean, environmental science, fish and wildlife management, I've always loved fishing, um, hunting, dove hunting, especially stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the management of all this stuff isn't just Uh, it's not black and white like numbers on a paper it's really interesting Mm -hmm. you know the full scale of how the environment works together and so with that I majored started my major in environmental science uh, with a concentration in fish and wildlife management so that is 2020 Mm -hmm. we're both doing that and then I've I'm I'm out of active duty and you're about to be out of active duty Mm -hmm. and so that's where we decided to change up what we were doing mm-hmm. from going online and just we figured the natural progression would be to go to a brick and mortar school. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to elaborate on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I was, you... I was the, uh, quite a bit of a motivating factor for us making that decision. I think you would have been fine. You were fine with going to a brick and mortar school. You would have also been fine with continuing online. Correct. However, I felt at the time that I would have a better, um, better quality education if I was at a brick and mortar school. I thought at the time, um, big caveat there, that I would come out of that experience better equipped going into my chosen professional field. Um, and so we looked at a whole bunch of different schools, I looked at a whole bunch of different programs from all across the the country. We looked at Clemson and Florida State Marshall, and Marshall West Virginia and Texas A&M of course because we were planning most likely on coming back to Texas.
1: Somewhere warmer than Connecticut.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I settled on Stephen F. Austin State University and the Arthur Temple College of Forestry because out of every single school's uh, environmental science slash like, wildlife program that I looked at, I liked SFA's the best.
1: The outdoorsy stuff that doesn't have an ungodly amount of chemistry. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. With it. yeah.
0: And so we applied to transfer, got accepted, and then um, started attending Last fall was our first semester. We each took on the books what looked like 12 credit hours each. Mm -hmm. Um, We ended up doing two semesters there. And it was a mixed bag of experiences. And I think that you knew already what you were going to get. You had a much more realistic perspective than I did. I had kind of a... Rose, what ro- rose colored glasses mm-hmm. perspective of yeah. it, and within the first two weeks of our but, but first semester,
1: every rose has a storm,
0: it does. And I realized very quickly um, that I had not really had an accurate perspective of what the experience was going to look like.
1: And so, out of those two semesters, I think we can both agree that we really only got meaningful education. Out of one class mm-hmm. with one professor, mm-hmm. out of that whole time, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that everything else was a waste. But no. it did not feel like it was a, a a worthwhile investment of our time. No,
0: and I didn't. I didn't leave the majority of those classes feeling like I had gained anything that I wouldn't have gotten from staying just, at AMU going yeah, online.
1: From just art, art history, art music, you can click through that online or listen to somebody talk. You're gonna get the same out of it.
0: Well, yeah, and and I I think that the attitudes and perspectives of the faculty really opened my eyes as well. Um, I mean, you're talking about a a generation of people, admittedly, who came up believing that the only way to succeed in life is to earn a four year degree and then go into a specialized field, and then also. They're in the business. The university itself is in the business of making money. Mm -hmm. And so that is their primary focus. And I think there were many times where we were left feeling like there was a general lack of care for the well-being of students um, and the quality of education that the students were receiving. it felt a lot of the time like it was all just kind of a big marketing strategy.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you and I had major issues with that.
1: I can't tell you how many times it felt like the only thing that S- the, the only way to succeed was with SFA. And yeah. you're not going to get anywhere in your educational and, and then work journey in life without going to SFA. And they just really, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about what uh, propelled us to leave SFA. So hang tight, go grab a drink, and we'll be right back.
1: Give the coffee. You took that far. You took that a little too far.
0: That is good hot coffee.
1: Excuse the hiatus. We are right. right back.
0: We are, we have coffee, we took a little break, um, mm-hmm. maybe you got a beverage too. Anyway, refocusing, where we left off, I was about to start getting into why we left SFA, Why? what and, precipitated us making that decision. And what got
1: us to where we are here. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so keeping in mind everything that I just said, a lot of the, the letdowns that we experienced, um, I, I do want to go on record and say that... SFA as a whole and the um, Arthur Temple College of Forestry are really good. It's a really good university and a very good college. Um, They're excellent.
1: It's an excellent program, Mm -hmm. forestry. It's top-notch, them and Clemson, um, for all of the forestry of the United States. They have so many relationships with so many of the big names. Yeah. And they're really the tip of the spear with that stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, And so I want to make sure that I say that because this is not me saying that like SFA is not not worth the time or the money.
1: It didn't feel like a fit for us.
0: No. And given everything that we went into and some things that we didn't go into, um, given the things that are important to us, our values and our perspective on life, knowing what we know, we got to the end of the spring semester and we're looking at registering for classes in the fall, this fall. And I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I was like, I'll get to it tomorrow. And then I realized that I was was
1: like a week later,
0: I was putting it off because I was dreading it. And like Stuart had said earlier, I'm somebody who loves school. I have since I was like 12 years old. I love challenging myself academically. I love learning new things. I love a lot of the the stuff that comes with being in an academic environment. And the fact that after only two semesters at SFA, I was left feeling just like this drop in the pit of my stomach. There were
1: a lot of things we weren't looking forward to. It
0: it spoke volumes. It really really did. And I came to you and I was just like, I don't want to go back.
1: I kind of just shrugged and was like, okay.
0: Yeah, and and it was I like clearly,
1: the... I I did its due diligence, but it was a, it was a serious thing to say but it was an easy decision it
0: was given given everything and the second that we made that decision and like verbalized that it was like a weight was lifted from my shoulders and i felt so much better like i i I can't even begin to to explain it to you
1: just with everything at sfa um if i was 18 years old and going there right after i got out of high school i probably would have had a better experience um, but you and I both have work experience. We have real world, w- real world knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's that's not the only way it's not it's not sink or swim, go there or fail. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a pretty good resume mm-hmm. built on things um, that a typical college graduate won't have.
0: hmm. And given the ex- life experience that we've had and the things that we did prior to returning to higher education, I don't want to say that our l- real world experience ruined college for us, but in a way, it, it just kind of opened our eyes. Well,
1: there, were, perfect example is, oh, you're not going to get to choose who you work with, so you're getting assigned <laughs> to this person, and you you get like the, the person that is so hard to work with. Uh-huh. Um, that's not true. Um, if you're not happy, barring being in the military, still you can you can play favorites and make friends with some people and not be friends with others, mm-hmm. but by and large, if you're not happy somewhere, you can always leave yeah I mean you're never stuck, and it was just another. Them trying to get everybody to drink their punch.
0: Yeah, I think there were two two experiences. I mean, I don't want to linger on this for too long, but at the same time, I think this is a really big deal, and I think people. I want people to understand us, um, and I want my my words to be well conveyed. Well, there were two experiences that we had at SFA that really opened my eyes. The first was that that professor getting up in front of the whole class and basically throwing a tantrum because. He put everybody into groups and And then then everybody
1: uh, everybody picked their own groups, yeah. And then people
0: were like, Yeah, we're not doing this, and reorganized. Um, the same amount of work got done, it didn't have any impact.
1: And you work better when you're with someone you want to,
0: right? But he threw a fit about that because it ruined his power, his little god complex that he had going on. So that was a huge turnoff. And I recognize the fact that that was only one professor, and I'm not basing my decision to leave SFA solely off of that, I, I assure you. But that has lingered with me. The the second thing, and this really cemented in my mind the role that universities play in our society, um, we had gotten done with a field lab, and it was pretty late in the day. It was like 530 and so we decided to go eat at the cafeteria on campus.
1: Oh, that stuck with you?
0: It did, big time, yeah. because it really opened my eyes.
1: So we were starving. We'd been stomping around all day um, measuring, what, 60-some-odd pecan trees yeah. that had been measured was by, a
0: fool's by
1: <laughs> hundreds of hundreds of students before
0: mm-hmm.
1: as a, Yeah.
0: And so we get to the cafeteria and normally if you live on campus, you like sign up for their meal plan or whatever. And then if you live off campus, you you pay like a a flat rate or whatever. Um, And I didn't have my student ID with me for whatever reason.
1: We actually, neither of us had them yet.
0: No. And so we asked the lady at the counter if she could just, just ring us up and she did. It was no problem, but there were two people in front of us and we saw how much she charged them.
1: And they were students.
0: They were students. And then we saw how much she charged us. And you want to explain that breakdown?
1: Yeah, I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it was it was it so, two or three dollars Yeah, so we saw these two people, and they both it's basically I think got the old barcode looking thing or scanner at looking screen register. at their register at their register, and I think they got charged seven forty nine. Yeah. No, 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 sorry, sorry, they got charged nine forty nine, and it said student nine forty nine. Okay. They paid good. And we told them we'd never been here before. We we're students um that we didn't have an ID yet. And she's like, "Okay." She just rang us up and she charged us like 7.49 each. And I looked at the screen and it was a faculty rate. So the wheels turning in my head and how on earth is it that somebody's getting paid tens of thousands or or hundreds of thousands of dollars to work somewhere and they get cheaper meals than the people who are spending you know twelve fifteen thousand dollars a year to go to school. Mm-hmm. faculty get food for cheaper than students
0: they're being the faculty are paid to be there yeah students are paying to be there and the vast majority of the time their parents are paying for them to be there it's just
1: a money grab
0: and they're being charged like a full two to three dollars more than someone who's on the payroll of the university
1: and on another side note cafeteria food is not worth ten dollars
0: no no it really it really wasn't but that's really neither here nor there it was just that huge price difference and what that said to me about the university and Anyway, that's that's purely anecdotal. Um, Like I said, neither of those two things were what cemented our decision to leave. Good
1: good little examples. Yeah.
0: But yeah, if you are looking for examples or you're wondering kind of what influenced our opinion, that's those are two two cases. Um, And the long and short of it is we decided to leave and we haven't looked back since. And we went back to American Military University. So we've come full circle. And we started taking our first two eight-week courses um, now three weeks ago at the beginning of the month, and I feel it feels good, like it feels right. I'm feels, so happy. Yeah,
1: I'm, I don't, I don't think it would. Yeah, I would say it feels right. Um, it doesn't really feel normal. It feels like we're taking a backdoor approach to it. But at this point, I mean, I don't really care. I'm, I'm not here to say or to, to preach at you if it's, you know, going to school is like the only way that you're going to succeed because it's not. Um, but it's, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I,
0: I hear what you're saying. I, I, I would like to kind of expound on that sure. a little yeah, bit. Right. Um, there is more than one way to peel an orange
1: and, and skin a cat
0: and, and skin a cat. Um, there's more than one way to, to approach life. And knowing what we know now, given our life experience, and given the field that we want to go into, and where we want to go, with it. and where we want to go, um, if we were trying to go into practicing law or practicing medicine, I do believe that the school that you go to carries mm-hmm. some weight. Yeah,
1: and when you sit down at an interview table, and you have your class ring on, and they see your class ring, or they know your last name because you're somebody's
0: son or some, daughter,
1: somebody's family, or alumni. That's going to carry some weight. I have a good feeling. Mm
0: -hmm. So, in that instance, I do believe that that is important. But there is no one size fits all approach to anything. Um, That is something that I have learned over and over and
1: over again. There are millionaires that don't go to school. Exactly. Um, There are many, many business owners, blue collar, that just know how to manage. Mm -hmm. And they've got incredible companies. Mm -hmm. There's a dude, um, the guy that worked at that roofing company when I was at McCoy's, that he's just 70, 60-something, 70 years old, and he's just built a roofing company, and he's making millions of dollars in Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. Texas.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, so that all of that— You can succeed
1: doing anything yes. if you put your mind to it.
0: Yes. All of that is to say, um, if you are passionate about something and interested in something, then you should pursue that. And if that means that you take a quote-unquote traditional route and you go to a four-year university— then so be it and good for you. And if not, and you go a different route, you, you go into the, a trade or take an even less conventional route and you bootstrap something, then all the better. Um, there There is no one right way to do anything. I so think I there think are multiple There's approaches. not a black
1: and white approach. And exactly. I think we're probably doing it in the gray way. Yeah. Um, it's given us so many opportunities. Yeah we were able to go travel like mm-hmm. I said we were able to attend family stuff mm-hmm. I mean family is really important to us yeah um and it's just overall say it again it's, added to the quality of
0: life it's improved our overall quality yeah. of life yes yeah. so um that is kind of the situation with our education I
1: situation with education <laughs> maybe that'll be the title
0: it could be that would be a good title um, anyway, I meant to mention that in a, in a YouTube video. If you follow my YouTube channel, then, um, I meant to mention it in a video at some point, And then it really, there was just never a, a good natural place to fit it in. Stuart and I sat down and recorded a segment for it. And it really just wasn't, it wasn't good. And by the time I got to the cutting and chopping portion of the creative process, I just decided to get rid of it. And I figured I would just throw it in at some point. I mean, the people that needed to know, Knew we told our family and that kind of thing, um, and that's the yeah. most important thing. And I think you know, we kind of got a, a mix of responses because we have a mix of people in our family um, people who have walked different paths and some, found different types of success. Got some different
1: responses, too, because of kind of how I broke the ice.
0: Well, I yeah. wouldn't say you broke it, you like shattered it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> splintered.
0: Yeah. It, fractured. Everything. And then I walked into it not knowing what yeah. I was getting into.
1: And my way of doing things is ripping the band-aid off. And I was just like, we dropped out of school. <laughs> uh, it
0: didn't follow up. with. And I just
1: waited for a response. And then I, like, threw the band-aid on. Yeah. Threw a new one back on. But anyways.
0: But I think the biggest thing for, for our families um, is that they want to see us succeed in life. Mm-hmm. And... They just want they to make want sure we're doing it for the right happy. reasons and yeah mm-hmm. and I think that regardless of how things have at times come across that is a, a really important thing to keep in mind and if you decide to take uh, an unconventional approach to your life um, be prepared to have conversations with people about why you're doing what you're doing and um, be prepared for there to be opposi- opposition to that but understand that I mean unless you have a crappy family which I hope, always that no, no one listening to this does um everybody's
1: most of got, the time every, everybody's got some kind of support group
0: most of the time like opposition is just coming from a place of concern mm-hmm. most of the time not all of the time but the majority of the time it's because people love you and care about you and, and want you to want to see you do well in life mm-hmm. um and that's just a little thing to throw in there at the end but yeah so we're back at amu and back in classes i'm taking a english class it's Wordsworth through the wasteland
1: like british literature
0: mm-hmm. so it's basically taking you through all the different eras of british lit and then i'm taking environmental policy regulation and law mm-hmm. which is really really interesting yeah i've
1: already taken that one
0: it's all yeah. about like um the epa and the development of the uh Nat- National Environmental Policy Act, uh, or NEPA. and The
1: Clean Water Act, mm-hmm. Clean Air Act, mm-hmm. stuff like that.
0: The bread and butter of, of the framework that has created the environmental landscape as we know it today.
1: And I've taken wildlife management mm-hmm. and statistics again, <laughs> so that's that's keeping me busy.
0: But I think you'll have a lot of fun with wildlife management. I like I already it, it's have. just difficult. Yeah, I
1: already have. As long as I get your help with proofreading. Always, of course.
0: (laughs) So, anyway, uh, do you want to take a break, or do you want to push ahead into the next topic?
1: Let's keep going.
0: All right, so we're going to switch gears and kind of go in a very different direction. Um, I want to give a quick couple of disclaimers before we get into it. The first is that we are going to do our best to approach this topic with sensitivity and care because we are going to be talking about two individuals who are now deceased and we understand that their families are dealing with the fallout of that.
1: And a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about is speculative because there are a lot of people that are never going to get the answers that they want Mm -hmm. because of the results.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unknowns. In addition to that, um, we are going to be talking about suicide and mental illness. So if either of those topics are triggers for you, then I would recommend skipping ahead to the end of this episode. Um, we, we would love for you to stick around because, like like we said at the beginning... Check we're gonna, out
1: like the last five to eight minutes and you yeah, might get
0: that. We're going to yeah. have a little palate cleanser at yeah. the end. Um, but I want to make sure I put that out there because I don't want to give anybody a shock. So, That's anyway... Uh, we want to talk about the Gabby Petito incident. Um, do you want to give a little bit of background on that in case anyone listening maybe wasn't following that super closely?
1: Sure. So the Gabby Petito and Ryan Laundry um, situation, um, Those that couple, they were pretty out there with their social media stuff. And and by out were, there,
0: you mean like active on Yeah, it.
1: active on there. And two very visible people that showed no outward signs of problems. But, in the end, both of them are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabby was murdered in the Tetons. And Brian, as speculation goes, um, died of self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. And so, it all happened where she died in the Tetons. She was murdered in the Tetons. He went back to Florida without her she was missing then at that point he didn't say anything and then they eventually found her body he left he got away and then he died of mm-hmm. self-inflicted wounds
0: mm-hmm. what and you're you're leaving out a really crucial part of this which is the part of why it resonated with us yeah oh
1: i was just giving a, a, a background oh, of it br-
0: very I, brief. yeah so oh, no well i just mean the fact that the community that they were a part of okay
1: yeah, so they were in a van. They mm-hmm. did all their stuff in, I think, a Ford Transit van, mm-hmm. something like that.
0: That they had built and out themselves.
1: if you look through Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff, um, that's a really popular thing today. Um, with boondocking, with being out in the wilderness, I mean, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say we ever like were part of anybody's community, but we've definitely known other people mm-hmm. that are full-time RVers. We know people that have vans or buses, mm-hmm. and so I guess we can say that we're kind of in that same realm of yeah. things. And so, being in that, that's one thing that resonates with us. And then secondly, here's the crazy part, is that they they were in some of the exact same places, like, less than two weeks before mm-hmm. we were there. Um,
0: Very eerie. Yeah.
1: So, they went from, I think, New York, mm-hmm. then...
0: westward all the way out to california Mm -hmm. i think
1: and they stopped in monument rocks we can we'll put it in the show notes for where we were in monument rocks kansas it's it's not a destination it's just something if you're passing through it's crazy looking but they were there and then we were there
0: we have a picture of us in the exact same location that they had a picture of themselves and it's just monument rocks is not a place that we'd ever heard of prior to going on this trip this past summer so the fact that we were there right after they were there uh, it it felt it felt like somebody ran cold fingers across the back of my neck Mm -hmm.
1: not not at the time but like looking back you're like
0: yeah that
1: that was that's not where she was murdered. No. But it's like we were following in some of their same steps. And this is like the stark contrast of how people's lives and relationships can be. I mean, they both ended up dead and, and here we are still alive.
0: Well, um, I'd like I mean, to I'm say am saying that's that, a stark contrast. Yeah. That's... And then also the fact that um, in a weird way all the way up um, until we stopped in the Bighorns we were kind of like mirroring their, Mm -hmm. their travel westward. Um, we were going to go to the Tetons and And if we we had made it there.
1: And we would have been in the Tetons while they were in the Tetons. And there's probably a 60, 40 chance we would have been in that same wilderness area where she was murdered. So we were, yeah, we were my transmission pan on my truck and waiting for parts and stuck for a week. Away from being there at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. It's just creepy.
0: So the whole story broke. Um, it captivated a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. I mean, you have this gorgeous girl who had her whole entire life ahead of her. She's doing this very um, trendy thing, but excuse me, the entire um, premise behind it is that it gives you freedom and a, a greater degree of control over your life, and you're kind of like,
1: a newfound way of happiness. Yes,
0: exactly. Um and this was what she was doing and that really resonated with with me. Um I kind of saw bits and pieces of myself in her because she's a young woman who is super active on her social media. I watched like the one YouTube video that they had put out on their YouTube channel and I could tell just from the way that it was organized and everything that she was probably the one that put it all together. And in our creative
1: pursuits, that's, that's, I'm
0: usually the energy behind it. Yeah,
1: I did one video and <laughs> it never made it because it was bad.
0: Well, I, that's neither here nor there. It's just there were, there were aspects of it that really resonated with me. Um, it was just so incredibly tragic and sad. And I knew the second that it hit the airwaves that she was missing, y- you just get a bad feeling um and it's i not, and i just if, knew it's not
1: if she's going to get found it's when mm-hmm. and it's not in what shape it's where is she in that shape
0: mm-hmm. exactly um and we know so many people who um are doing this kind of nomadic lifestyle be it in an rv or a van or a bus or whatever and the version of events that is portrayed on social media is usually very, very positive. Um, even if people acknowledge that they have bad days like we have, like by and large, this is a very positive lifestyle, and we've, we're very thankful to be living it. But her death and all of the events surrounding that incident really highlighted a darker side of the hashtag van life, hashtag full-time RV living Whenever thing. you're
1: doing this stuff, that van life RV thing, you, you are going to spend so much time together, not mm-hmm. apart, in my truck, um, in this RV, with, in this one little clearing in a forest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We didn't go more than maybe 100 yards yeah. away from each other for three months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you are going to get to know these people. They, these people. <laughs> you're going to get to know who you're with really intimately. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going to have to know how to communicate to get through it mm-hmm. because we had a fantastic time, but that didn't mean that we didn't have to work at our relationship.
0: No, of course not. The work never stops. Correct. Um, and I've said it before, and I really believe that it's true. And I've heard lots of other people say it as well. It doesn't matter how good your relationship is. Um, being in a, in a, in a tighter space, All of any issues that you have are exacerbated.
1: They're going to be magnified.
0: Because it's not like you can go to a different room or a different floor of your house and, like, get some space. There's nowhere to go. So communication and conflict resolution are two really crucial aspects if you're going to make a relationship in this environment work. I agree. In this particular case... I mean, we can speculate all day long about the nature of their relationship and what was really going on. The fact of the matter is, we'll probably never know. But I feel, based off of what I've seen and what people have said, that there was probably definitely some mental illness at play um, for both of them.
1: I would agree. Um, I'll just say it because it's... I think it's easier to... To pinpoint what exactly was him and her because he ended his life and he ended it with suicide mm-hmm. and I don't think that that is an appropriate thing to do in any situation for anyone that is in a healthy mental state right um guys I think you can always work it out mm-hmm. um there are bad days everybody has them um bad weeks bad years yep but that doesn't mean that your life isn't valuable,
0: or that life in general isn't worth living.
1: And so, I could, I can, I can speculate, but this is with quite a bit of certainty. I can say that he was not mentally healthy.
0: Mm-mm. And based off of you know the things that we've seen, whether or not it was as a result of being in a toxic relationship, or if she came into that relationship with some pre-existing issues, I don't think that Gabby was well either. And I can only imagine um, what her family is going through. I am sure they are replaying every single conversation that they've ever had with her um, And and him, every single interaction, trying to pinpoint and narrow down if there was like one instance where there was a red flag that they should have seen. But that's the thing. Um, so many times you can have issues that are underlying and they don't come bubbling to the surface until you are in a situation that kind of nurtures that, uh, that conflict. And I would say being in a tiny vehicle out I in the middle of nowhere mean, would definitely We were do it.
1: We were in 30 feet of yeah. an RV and, and clearly you can go outside, but we were in 30 feet and they were in the back of a, a package van. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at like eight Mm -hmm. if that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so you know that and and also and i i mean i'm I'm not a psychologist i'm not a counselor not a therapist i just know from everything that i've read and heard if you have um like underlying mental health issues especially if they are they run in your family they are likely to manifest when you are in your mid-20s or so that is usually when like serious mental health issues become a parent, which on a related note is why there's a generation of people right now that are dealing with so much. Um, But that's just, that's an aside. So all, all of that is to say, you know, It was a sad tragic situation in which I think a lot of things went wrong at the right time and it just I imagine it I can only guess but I would imagine it created this snowball effect in which a whole bunch of things happened and people reacted to them and the tragic result of that is that someone lost their life well two people lost their lives um and it didn't have to happen to either one of them but um following all of that I think this was really the first time I, I've always been interested in true crime. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's macabre. It's bizarre. I feel kind of drawn to it. I like knowing these stories because I figure if I know what happens to people, then I can better protect myself. But also I just think it's fascinating. This was the first time I've ever seen you get really like, interested in a, in a true crime case.
1: Yeah, I, I can't really speak to as, as to why. I, it just was, it, it was captivating. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, this dude showed up and this dude showed up in Florida without the person he'd been with. That'd be like us showing up back here without you I know. or the We're RV showing up with about, without you. Mm-hmm. And I can't fathom what, what circumstances would lead to that. I know. I'm, and so yeah. I'm just like, what happened? Like, I know what, I, I was pretty sure I knew what happened, but it's like, where did this go down and and how do you drive across the country and like act like it's normal don't say anything for 10 days i mean mm-hmm.
0: i think that's why nice. it really resonated with a lot of people um and so we had a lot of conversations about it following um mm-hmm. especially once the news media really got this thing in their teeth and were like running it through their 24-hour news cycle
1: and just like News, news channels do they will pull everything they mm-hmm. can not pull out all the stops to you know put all the the hype words mm-hmm. in their subject titles
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just
0: rip twist it apart.
1: and rip everything apart
0: mm-hmm. um and I think anytime something like this happens and I've talked to you about this before but this particular case reminded me of it anytime a woman is victimized by a man, there is immediately this rhetoric that is spun. Um, And this is where I'm probably going to get a little bit controversial for some people, but I have my own opinion and I'm speaking from my own platform and you are entitled to yours. Um, And I'm not saying that either one of us has everything 100% figured out, but I hope that you will hear me here. Um, Anytime something like this happens, The rhetoric is always, quote, we need to teach our men not to rape, or quote, this wouldn't happen if men didn't rape, or something along those
1: lines. If they weren't controlling.
0: Yes. This is because hashtag patriarchy, or whatever. And I am, obviously, I agree. Like, we need to be raising men, we need to be raising boys into men who know how to treat women. That is 100%, I am 100% there, and I agree. But I don't think that you need to be uh, a social scientist to realize that people are going to act out and you can do your absolute best to raise someone well and they just might not take up with what you were trying to raise them in. And also, regardless of your intentions, not everybody is going to be blessed enough to come from a background where they are raised correctly. And so, we live in a fallen, messed up world in a lot of ways. And so, it frustrates me as a woman when I hear this rhetoric of we need to teach our men not to rape, because as a woman, I would really like to hear people say, and we need to teach our women how to defend themselves. Yes, we need to teach our men not to rape, obviously, but we need to teach our women to defend themselves, to stand up for themselves, to know how to protect themselves in violent situations
1: yeah that's it
0: that's, never happens that's
1: that's not a popular opinion these days for some reason. It, the same opinion can be said for, um, we need to tell criminals not to shoot people. Uh, how about we take that the other way and teach people not to be victims. Know how to defend yourself.
0: 100%. Carry a
1: gun. 100%. Something. I don't care. Something.
0: Know how to conduct yourself in a situation yeah. should it go south.
1: This, this is a fallen world, like she said. Um, there is, there's only been one perfect man that's ever walked on the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. and we are all going to be victims unless we're our own biggest advocates.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. And of course in this particular situation when you add in the elements of um domestic abuse and mental illness that that really creates a, a problem area. Obviously that's going to be even more difficult and if, to address. And if you're not
1: carrying a gun per se, clearly I'm not carrying a gun trying to defend myself from you right now. Okay? <laughs> there's one over there but not right here okay Mm -hmm. um but no one to leave too Mm -hmm. like have a
0: sense of self-worth i feel and i know i know so many people talk about this like so many young girls don't have a sense of self-worth in themselves. Like they don't know their own value. They're and that's, tied up
1: in, in their image of and, a relationship or.
0: Yeah. And that's been a factor for a really, really long time. I mean, that's been a conversation that people have been having since I was really, really young and it's not getting any better. It's it's only getting worse. I mean, you have Instagram willfully acknowledging the fact that their platform Um, induces, like, suicidal ideations in teenage teenage girls. Like, that is a problem. There is a problem in the core of our society if we cannot have a conversation about equipping and strengthening women. I mean, hell, we're talking about the post-feminist wave. This should be a talking point for every single head on TV, and somehow it's not, and I don't understand. I mean, everybody wants to encourage women to exercise free choice over their bodies, but for whatever reason, that doesn't transfer into situations like this, where you're talking about a, a beautiful young woman who was taken out of this world and the before even the prime of her life, and there are so many likely. There were so many opportunities where this whole thing could have been averted, and I cannot help but wonder that if our society had a different view of the role that women play, if she might still be alive, and I know that that's controversial, and I know that I'm like poking a bear by saying that because it's not popular, but as a woman living in 21st century America who values my safety and well-being as well as the health and well-being of my relationship, I have to say that. And that is something that, like, after it's all said and done, that really stuck with me with this whole Gabby Petito case. It really, really did. I mean, if we were, if we it were, doesn't have to happen, it doesn't. If we were teaching women yeah. how to, how to, to first of all, to have a sense of self worth. And how to recognize red flags in a relationship. I mean, really recognize them. I'm not talking some Twitter Twitter thread that you read one time. I mean, actually recognize them because they came from homes that were strong and taught them how to do this. If you, if you raised up women who knew how to defend themselves and like knew their self-worth, I'm repeating myself, I know, um, but just were better equipped. This kind of thing, I'm not saying it wouldn't still happen it would probably still happen but maybe it would happen a little bit less
1: what i think what you're getting at and what you're emphasizing is the other side of the other side of
0: the narrative. taking yeah uh,
1: the narrative and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. I, I know you're not saying that don't worry about men no um but I'm that's like saying don't worry about the criminals with guns um don't don't try and stop them from doing it or don't tell them to. Don't tell them to, to do whatever they want, but no. it, it, both sides need to be seen evenly. Where you need to teach men not to do these things and women what to do because you know it's it's not always men on women. It's no. women on men. I've been in the, we've done law enforcement like we said and we've seen some men get the shit beat out of them by women.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it happens a hundred percent. Way yeah. more often than people want to acknowledge, too, which yeah. is a whole separate discussion in and of itself. I mean, right. we don't even need to get into that. Both today. sides of it
1: needs to need 100%. to be addressed. That's where not, one doesn't deserve more than the other. A hundred percent. But it just it needs to be equal and fair. And yes, that's what I think civil rights are. Yes, equal and fair. Hundred yes. percent equal. Nobody gets anything special. No reparations. That's another story too. <laughs> um, but yeah
0: a hundred percent
1: we are equal
0: a hundred percent you don't want to raise up a generation of victims you don't want to raise up a generation of aggressors correct and i feel right now in our society that one is happening more so than the than the other it's
1: very easy to be a victim
0: mm-hmm. yeah so anyway i know that that is really really heavy um but that is something that has been on my mind a lot following this whole mm-hmm. event. Again, I have nothing but, but sympathy and and prayers for both the Petito and the Laundry family. It's a very
1: tragic thing, and it I is. cannot imagine what circumstances led to somebody being murdered and somebody committing suicide, and that's tragic. It is. It is. It is just altogether tragic, and yeah. We don't want to be Monday morning quarterbacks on it, Mm-mm. but we just hope everybody can take care of themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and use yeah. these situations as tragic as they are to kind of take a step back and take stock mm-hmm. of your surroundings and your life, um, your mental health and well-being, the health of your relationships, everything. Um, because if, if it can't be used for something good, then... <clears throat> Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie died for nothing. And I think that that at this point is as big a tragedy as anything else.
1: Yes. So it's it's already captivated so many people. And if you get nothing out of this, that is, that is, that is more tragic
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it, it, there's so many more people that have been impacted than just those two. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> we anyway. both, we both take an exhale <laughs> yeah. and you know, let's let's go to our lighter note but before i do um i just want to say that i think every podcast is eventually just going to be longer than 30 minutes
0: Um, yeah um, unless there's there's unless there's
1: an exception um it's just that's how it's probably going to be and we're probably going to talk about trimming it every single time
0: yeah
1: so i i'm apologizing for the future apologies (laughs) and i and I want to end this with something that I found on Facebook,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: a friend of mine, I'll leave his name out. Um, but he shared a post and we, we want to leave every podcast with something positive, something good going on in the Mm -hmm. world. And I found a perfect example. I saw it. And then I thought of doing this for the podcast. It's not like I was looking for it. It just, it came into my lap and it's like, I wanted to share it with you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I wanted to share it with other people. Mm
0: -hmm. It made me feel really, really good to hear it. Uh, Yeah. So I'm hoping that whoever's listening to this now, especially after what we just got done talking about, it'll make you feel good too.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's a little bit wordy, but it's worth it. So the post reads I never do this, but it needs to be done because this person deserves a proper shout out. About seven months ago, I purchased a used 2020. Ford Platinum from JCT Auto in Kilgore, Texas. Shortly after the purchase, we were experiencing difficulty getting the plates in and getting it registered. Colton Marr, the owner of JCT Auto, sent down a brand new King Ranch Edition, the same truck for me to drive as a loaner, and took mine back so he could try and get things figured out. In the process, a federal detective seized my truck and locked it up in a federal impound. So, come to find out. The previous owner of my truck had actually stolen it. These thieves went as far as changing VIN tags, rolling odometer readings back, changing tags on the engine, Mm -hmm. and fabricating Texas titles. Something that myself and Colton had never experienced before. Obviously, as a customer who had paid cash for a really nice truck, I was concerned. Fast forward now to five months later. We learned that my pickup was one of five trucks stolen from that dealer on the same night and would be tied up in litigation for many months or even years to come. The owner, Colton, could have filed an insurance claim, given me a refund, or even given me another used truck. But he didn't. He did exactly what every business owner should do, and he took care of his customer. He got a brand new King Ranch Edition, same truck, same color as my Platinum, Get every single bell and whistle accessory that my pickup had installed on it installed on the new one and delivered back to my home in san antonio At zero cost to me none of it cost me a dime zero dollars for that reason he will have my business as long as he wants to have it colton i know i came out on this deal much better than you did and i appreciate it my family and i will purchase our vehicles from you from this point forward if you're in need of a high-end truck car, or SUV, hit up Colton Mar and the guys at JCD Auto in Kilgore, Texas. You won't be disappointed.
0: Oh, that still gives me chills. I love that. It is so rare that you have an interaction that is that stellar with a business. Particularly an auto business. I mean, Somebody, I, I don't want to say that they're all scummy or anything like that, but...
1: this This Colton guy. He lost. That's... That's a it's a it's a brand new truck basically, and with the rims, tires, bumpers, fancy lift, this, that, and the other, that's probably a ninety or hundred thousand dollar truck. Yeah. And that dude ate it mm-hmm. because his reputation was more important. mm
0: mm-hmm. Well, his reputation and um, the quality of yeah. business that he provided to his customer, which yeah. I just think speaks volumes. I mean that that is true integrity. And that's something that is really, really rare to find, I I feel, nowadays. Like, when you hear a story like that, it really sticks with you. Mm -hmm.
1: So, if you guys see something like this, doesn't have to be clearly about the auto industry, (laughs) um, but if you see something that you think we'd like, let us know, and it might get included in the end. Well, we want to start doing this, because we can talk about some heavy things, and... I think it's always good to look at the bright side too.
0: It is. And it doesn't have to be something that you think we would like. It can just be, yeah, it can true. be a story that you read online somewhere. It can be something that happened to you personally, true. something that happened to someone you know, true. an interaction or experience that left you feeling uplifted and positive about life. Mm-hmm. That is really the the primary thing that we are, are hoping to include in this podcast because, As dark as life can get sometimes, there is really so much good. Um, You have to look for it sometimes, but it's there, and when you find it, it deserves to be acknowledged and highlighted. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that story. We hope that you've enjoyed this entire podcast episode. Um, I will include any pertinent links or anything like that in the show notes of this episode, Um, and then... Behind the scenes photos, anything like that, you can go and see those over on our Instagram. I usually get those up within an hour or so of posting the uh, episode. And maybe that, at some
1: point we'll we'll give them our coffee recipe.
0: <laughs> maybe, um, but you can follow us at Maybe We're Just Rambling on Instagram. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts, please um, rate and review, and of course subscribe across whichever platform that you are listening on. We really appreciate everybody's feedback and support. It means more than you know. Yep. Just knowing that people are listening to us ramble feels really, really good. <laughs> like I
1: said and I think the first one, it's like, you know what? I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, you. You with your headphone in, you're doing your thing, and you're listening to this. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: So I am Stuart.
0: And I'm Rebecca. And
1: this has been our Ramble.